It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. Hopefully this week has been great, finishing it off in a positive fashion. BYU basketball picks up a big win at Pacific. We'll break that down for you as well as looking ahead to the San Francisco matchup tomorrow. Also talk some BYU football as always. And of course, catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Thanks again for joining us. This podcast is proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, which is a America's number one daily podcast network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get started. This is Locked on Cougars for January 24th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars here. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Please subscribe so you never miss a show. That way you always are up to date when it comes to BYU news as we are your daily source for all things BYU sports news that you need to know about. Starting off today, BYU basketball picks up a big road victory. There's only their second true road win of the season last night at Pacific, 74 to 60. And watching the first half of that game last night in particular, I had no clue that BYU would put up a 21-0 run in the second half and run away with the victory here. The first half was very rough and tumble. The officials were letting the guys play. A lot of hard fouls, etc. And sometimes that can be fun. If, you, if, you, if that's how they're going to call the game, you can endure with that. But BYU gets Yoli Childs back after a four-game absence with the um, compound or no, it's not compound, open dislocation of his finger. He comes back with 26 points and 9 rebounds. Very impressive. Only to be outdone by Jake Toulson. Scored a career-high 28 points to lead BYU to that victory. The two players combined for 54, BYU 74 points. Very impressive night. Uh, Jake Toulson, 10 of 15 from the field shooting, also 6 of 8 from deep. And the Cougars shot 50% from the three-point stripe, which is much more towards what they normally do versus the 6-20 of 20 they had against Gonzaga last Saturday. So I have to say I'm, I'm very impressed with BYU in this victory. That's my overall thought. Is BYU, they'd only won the one true road game this year at Houston on a buzzer beater. Pacific was a team... 15-6 and six record, very much looking to be like, hey, we're part of this group of uh, West Coast Conference teams who can contend this year. And I think BYU put them back in their place, honestly. I'm very impressed with what Jake Toulson and Yoli Childs did in this game. I think it's a game that BYU can build on now as they get ready to face off against San Francisco tomorrow. But looking back at this game, like I said, in that first half, who would have thought after taking over the 33-29 uh, halftime lead for BYU after falling into an 8 nothing hole early on in the game to start the game, they didn't they let they spotted the Tigers eight points. Who would have thought BYU was going to finish this game off and in, in large part with a 21 nothing run? It just 
Very, very impressive. Pacific had already beaten St. Mary's earlier this season, so I think this was an important win for the Cougars to go on the road and prove, hey, we are a team that can win at a high clip. And I think with Yoli Childs back in the lineup, guys, this very much looks like an NCAA tournament caliber team. And I think the NCAA tournament committee will have to weigh all of the games Yoli Childs has missed to this point. It's a total of 13 at this point with the nine-game suspension to start the year, as well as the most recent four-game absence with that finger injury. The nice part was I was concerned if Yoli Childs played last night, he might be subject to re-injury, etc. Well, sounds like all is well, and that's the positive coming out of this is BYU picks up a big road win. They're now firmly in second place. They pick up that win over Pacific and move into second place in the West Coast Conference, and now you get ready for a trip to San Francisco. The Dons have had an up-and-down season overall. They lost last night to St. Mary's in a 58-48 loss. Uh, Malik Fitz led the Gales with 18 points in that victory, so a big win for St. Mary's in that regard, but BYU now uh, heads to San Francisco up on the hill there to War Memorial Gym there in San Francisco. And the Dons aren't necessarily the same caliber in terms of just the perception as Pacific, but they are a very dangerous team. They're 14-7 on the year, currently sitting in fourth place in the West Coast Conference. And last year, Kyle Smith's team was very, very talented, very, very underrated, I felt like. And this year, they've carried on after he left for Washington State. This game, if you don't know, it will be at 3 o'clock Mountain Time, so it'll be a mid-afternoon game if you're looking to watch it. It won't be an evening game. It'll be a mid-afternoon game on Stadium Network Streaming and also here locally along the Wasatch Front. You can catch the game on KJAZZ 14, so over-the-air TV as well as an option for you if you live here locally. A little bit of a look at San Francisco. Charles Minlin is their leading player, averaging 15.1 points per game. Also adds four, just over four rebounds. Jamari Boye, their another guard, 13.4 points per game. And then Jimbo Lowell, their center, averaging 11.6 points per game, seven rebounds in his own right. So this is a team, speaking of San Francisco, who's got some talent, but after last night, I think all expectations are that BYU goes into San Francisco, comes home with a two-game win streak on the road, and finishes off their longest road streak of conference season, three games in all, with the Gonzaga, Pacific, and St. Mary's split their three games in a row there with a two and one record I think you'll take that and I think BYU is looking like the team we all expected them to be especially with Yoli Childs back in the lineup the expectation is tomorrow yeah you take care of business against San Francisco then you come back home and you're looking real good at that point essentially for an at-large bid when it comes to the NCAA tournament you have upcoming home games in the back half of the conference season against both St. Mary's and Gonzaga that could be more quality wins for you but the nice part is, is last night against Pacific, that's a quad two win for BYU. That So you have four different quads of where teams slot in based on their rankings by the net rating according to the NCAA st- uh, tournament selection committee and with how Pacific had been playing they were a quad two win so it's a quality win for BYU. Tomorrow's game against San Francisco also currently qualifies in quad two so you have big opportunity to put together two solid wins here and you'll hope that BYU can go in and take care of business with Yoli Child's back it looks like there's nothing to stop BYU or hold them back from winning this game. Obviously, things happen in games, but after last night, I think expectations, and my expect- expectation personally, is that BYU goes into War Memorial Gym tomorrow and beats the Dons, and then they're coming back home with a very gaudy record. They're sitting firmly in second place in the West Coast Conference at that point, and I just think that the Cougars, they're too good right now to have 
drop to drop games like one at San Francisco would be or upcoming at San Diego, et cetera. Something like that. It doesn't seem like this team is capable of doing that. They're too focused on the here and now. They understand what's at stake for them. They understand where they stand right now in the standings. I was talking with some people earlier this week at practice, and they're very aware of the net ratings and where they stand, and they want to just keep it rolling. So we'll see if the Cougars take care of business tomorrow against San Francisco. Once again, 3 o'clock Mountain Time, uh, 2 o'clock Pacific Time out there in San Francisco, streaming on the stadium network and also here locally in Utah. If you want to watch the game on over-the-air television, check it out on KJAZ 14. So there you go, BYU basketball. Massive, massive win I felt like last night for them over Pacific, and now they got to get ready for a, a date with the San Francisco Dons tomorrow afternoon. We'll talk some BYU football here in a minute, catch up on some of the news around the BYU football program. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys to check out Locked on Cougars on whatever podcast provider you want, but you can make it real easy to listen to the podcast because all you got to do is use your voice. You don't have to, lift, to even lift a finger to listen to the show. Tell your smart device, your smartphone, your smart speaker, whether you're driving to work, you plug your phone into your, to your vehicle, or if you're at home, just killing some time with your smart speaker. Tell either one of those, play podcast Locked on Cougars. That way you always stay up to date with all the latest in BYU sports news, and you never miss an episode. It's real simple, it's real easy, and it also helps you be the smartest BYU fan in the room. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, running down some of the BYU football news around the BYU football program. There are two weekends left until National Signing Day, and there will be a number of players and prospects going on official visits this weekend and next weekend to Provo to check out the BYU football program in the hopes that BYU can land their signature come February 5th. A guy that announced yesterday that he's going to be coming on an official visit is Kyle Vassoff from uh, Carlsbad, California. He is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a linebacker prospect who put up good Good numbers in Southern California. We'll see what happens with that. I'm not sure. He's rated as a two-star prospect, so I would assume that BYU isn't necessarily giving him a scholarship. You never know. And who knows what happens with that, but he is coming on an official visit. It sounds like some other guys like Jake Griffin, a prep lineman out of Arizona, also expected to make an official visit to BYU this weekend. Next weekend, big weekend, or bigger weekend for visits. Guys like Scotty Edwards, etc., expected to be on campus, but this weekend can't be overlooked. There are some guys that BYU would like to land in the recruiting class coming in to the BYU football program for an official visit, so best of luck to those players as well as the BYU football program on their visits coming. Hopefully they impress enough that they can come away with some signatures. Uh, running down some of the other news and notes, I had a great column that was written by Dick Harmon at the Deseret News about BYU and the transfer portal when it comes to running backs in particular. A lot of you remember this. If you don't, BYU has become very much a player in the transfer portal market last year, picking up uh, both Tyson Williams as Emmanuel Asupa as graduate transfers from South Carolina as well as Rice, respectively. And this year, I think they're trying to do the same thing. I think they have some young players on this team. Sione Finau, Lopini Katoa, Jackson McChesney, all are talented players in their own right, but do the, does the coaching staff trust one of those players to step up and be the bell cow back? 
It lo- looked like Sione Fino at one point during, during the season was going to become that player. Then he suffered an ACL injury and only just recently had the surgery. So his return to play for BYU very much up in the air, whether that would be during the summer, it could be in the fall camp or even into the season before he's fully cleared to return to action. So I think BYU very much is going to be a player in the NCAA transfer portal market. On our mailbag yesterday, some people uh, there was a question asked, do you know who BYU is targeting in the transfer portal? And I honestly don't, but I think Dick Harmon did a good job. He spoke with Moose Bingham from Prep War Room, a guy who used to work in the BYU recruiting department about some of the options that BYU may look at in terms of running backs in the uh, in the transfer portal right now. So let's look at some of the names. Uh, this comes from Dick Harmon. You can go to Deseret.com and read up on this. And he says that Moose Bingham's targets that may, BYU may be producing in, per, pursuing, not producing, pursuing include Stanford graduate transfer Trevor Spites. He's a 5'10", 200-pound uh, running back from Memorial High in McAllen, Texas. He was a four-star recruit when he was recruited out of Texas. He ranked number four in Texas high school history in rushing. Did not play this past season, though, for the Stanford Cardinal. He's part of that exodus of players who have decided to pursue graduate transfers away from Stanford. He had 59 carries for 221 yards and one touchdown as a junior in 2018. So who knows what happens with Trevor Spites, but he might be an interesting prospect considering he's been to an elite academic institution like, like Stanford and could fit in well at BYU. Britton Brown is another player who's been in an elite academic institution in Duke. He's a six foot one, 200 pound athlete from Canton, Georgia. He's gained 1,126 yards and scored touchdown, uh, 10 touchdowns as a Blue Devil during his career. So he's got the more of the plaudits that you would expect to see from a graduate transfer running back that would make people sit up a little bit. So Britton Brown may be an interesting one to chase. Jacob Cabote, a six foot two, 218 pound running back at Texas A&M, originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He has 123 yards and a touchdown for the Aggies in his career, so not a lot of production similar to Trevor Spites, but Kabodi got all the size you want, 6'2", 218 pounds. And then one other player here listed, True Wilson, a 5'10", 202-pound athlete from Warren, Michigan, who played for the Michigan Wolverines. He played in a total of 25 games, 20 of them at running back for Michigan during his career. Not a lot of stats to his name, but interesting to see BYU uh, pursuing some of these guys. I think guys like Spites and Britton Brown are kind of more of the mold of what BYU is pursuing because they can come in and be that graduate transfer that has already succeeded at a high academic level. And that's not to say that a guy like True Wilson or Jacob Cabote have been slacking off because Texas A&M and Michigan have their own academic requirements that are pretty formidable. They're not just anybody can get into those universities. So I think it's an interesting situation here. I think all four of these names, including some other ones listed here, Sean Darius Phillips, by the way, Sean Darius, a great all-name team prospect uh, from Florida International, 5'10", 226 pounds, and then DeMonte Rem, uh, 5'11", 215-pound prospect from North Carolina State, also could be players that BYU pursues. But I think looking at this list, I think that Bingham's done his, speaking of Moose Bingham, he's done a great job kind of ferreting out guys that, okay, that guy seems like he would be a fit at BYU, etc. He's done his homework looking at graduate transfers in the NCAA transfer portal, and if I hear anything with regards to who BYU is targeting in the transfer portal, I'll be sure to pass it along as soon as I hear, but so far it's been very quiet, at least to the people I have talked to around the BYU football program. Whether that's them deciding to be quiet uh, just to protect players from that whole public perception 
Inception saga. Maybe that's the case. Or maybe they just don't know. I, I don't know at this time who BYU is targeting, but I think this list, and you can go to Deseret.com and read up on it, I think the six athletes listed here, the six running backs listed here by Dick Harmon and Moose Bingham, I think it's a very savvy list, a very well thought out list. And if I had my druthers, if I looked at which guy I would want just in terms of overall production, yeah, it's Britton Brown. He played at Duke in the ACC and he put up over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns in his career. Yeah, that's the type of guy you want. He screams to me that guy could have an impact. But I guarantee BYU is not the only program recruiting all of these athletes. These guys are playing at the Power 5 level, and there are other programs at the Power 5 level who have a dearth of talent at running back, and also at the G5 level, who are chasing these young men. So BYU is going to have their work cut out for them to find the right player to fill in at running back if they don't feel like Sione Finau or Jackson McChesney or Lopini Katoa can be the true lead back. And I think they'd be smart to add one or two bodies to that room via the transfer portal maybe one graduate transfer, maybe one guy who has to sit out a year, etc., before he gets healthy. I think overall, BYU's got some got some things working for him. And I'm excited to see what the Cougars do here in the upcoming months uh, because a lot of these transfer portal targets, they can't enroll until the summer because they've got to graduate from their current universities. And most of them still have to graduate and they probably are taking classes up through the spring graduation period. Similar to guys like Joe Critchlow at BYU. Joe's listed as a graduate transfer in in the transfer portal, but he hasn't graduated from BYU yet. He'll do so in April and then be able to go to the new university wherever he ultimately decides to land so an interesting situation all the way around but I think this list the six players listed here in this article on DeseretNews.com I think all six of them could be a target absolutely and we'll see if BYU can land one or two of them upcoming here in the next few months or so All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports here in just a moment. But before we do that, if you've been a listener to Locked On Cougars, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertisers that have worked with us over the years that we've done this podcast. Think of companies like Deseret First Credit Union, All Guard Pest Control, etc. But you may not know that Locked On Cougars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Cougar fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners here along the Wasatch Front. And with BYU, that even goes global slash worldwide. Not just any podcast listener either. A locked on podcast listener is what you get. If your company wants to connect with BYU fans and a predominantly male audience that is well educated and has disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On Cougars. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We will get our locked on podcast team our sponsorship team to help you with locked on advertising success once again text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising to learn more we look forward to hearing from you and having you on board with us here on locked on cougars the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
All right, guys, running down everything going on in BYU sports this weekend. Let's start off with women's basketball. They had a matinee affair yesterday taking on San Francisco. They beat the Dons 57-44, so congratulations to Jeff Judkins' team. They are picking up a full head of steam, and it's nice to see them really rolling now. Jasmine Moody led the team with a balanced scoring night with 11 points of her own. Sarah Hampson added 10 points, 7 block shots, impressive there, and pulled down 6 boards. And then Brenna Chase Drollinger filled the box score with 8 points, 4 rebounds, four assists, three steals, two blocks, and a partridge in a pear tree. Big win for BYU women's basketball. They're back in action tomorrow as they host Santa Clara at the Marriott Center. Tip-off is set for 2 o'clock Mountain Time tomorrow. The game will be televised on BYU TV. You also can purchase tickets to the game at BYUtickets.com if you want to go out and watch the women's team in action. A couple of the notes for you guys. BYU men's and women's rugby, obviously, uh, two of the more elite programs in the respective uh, national what I'm trying to say nationwide in terms of the perception of them they're one of the better teams just period well BYU men's rugby begins their spring season I guess we'll call it they're at Texas A&M today at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll be the Penberthy Recreational Sports Complex in College Station before facing off against the University of Texas tomorrow in Austin at 2.30 at Burr Field. So if you're in Texas and you want to support the BYU men's rugby team, check it out. Back-to-back matches at Texas A&M and at Texas tonight and as well as tomorrow afternoon in College Station and Austin, respectively. The women's team was in action last week. They're off this week, though. They began their spring season season with a 56-0 drubbing of Grand Canyon University. They'll be at Cal State Northridge coming up next Friday at 3 o'clock Mountain Time. So best of luck to both the men's and women's rugby teams. We'll have a recap for them throughout the spring each and every week for you to catch up on how they're doing. Other sports in action this weekend. Uh, Today, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, BYU men's tennis faces off against number 41, Harvard. They're coming off a 4-1 loss to number 66, uh, Old Dominion earlier on in the week. Hopefully they can pick up a win on the road there in Boston at the Barron Tennis Center. Like I said, that's a 10 a.m. Mountain Time, 12 o'clock Eastern Time. Best of luck to Brad Pierce and his squad. They're off to a little bit of a bumpy start. Hopefully they can get it back in order. Women's tennis is in action today against Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona, the Coulter Tennis Facility. That's at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. And then BYU men's volleyball, number two in the country, faces off against number five UC Irvine tonight in Irvine, California. That's at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. There will be a live stream on BigWest.tv if you want to watch the men's team in action. Hopefully they can run their record to 8-0 tonight. A couple of notes for you is tonight, BYU women's gymnastics is on the road in Cedar City, Utah for a dual meet against Southern Utah, so an in-state rivalry. Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference rivalry going down at Central Marina. That's at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. And then tomorrow, men's tennis faces off against number 39, Minnesota in Boston once again. That'll be at 9 a.m. Eastern, excuse me, 9 a.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Best of luck to them against the number 39, Golden Gophers. Pretty stellar schedule so far for men's tennis facing off all against all these nationally ranked teams. BYU men's basketball, like we mentioned, is in action tomorrow at 3 o'clock Mountain Time against San Francisco on KJAZZ and the Stadium Network if you want to watch that game and obviously the radio call on the BYU. BYU Sports Network as well. And then coming up early next week, BYU Men's Golf begins their spring season in Westlake Village, California at the Southwest Invitational. That'll be at North Ranch Country Club. That's on Monday and Tuesday. 
All right, there you go. That's the podcast for today. Thanks again for joining us. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. We'll be back on Monday recapping everything that happens in BYU sports this weekend, getting you caught up on everything else news-wise that you need to know about, and obviously bringing you the insider information that you can't find anywhere else each and every day as well. Hopefully you guys all have a great rest of your day. Hopefully you guys are all having a great weekend whenever you hear this, or hopefully your weekend is off to a great start here on a Friday. And we will talk to you on Monday. This has been Locked On Cougars for January 24th, 